0: Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing a controversial topic, and that is eggs. Depending on who you get your information from, you may have heard two opposite ends of the spectrum on this topic. On one end... There are people claiming that eggs are as bad as smoking cigarettes, as was claimed in the What the Health documentary. And then on the other end, there's individuals who claim that eggs are nature's perfect food, eggs are nature's multivitamin, and everything in between. And what I wanna do in this episode is give you the science on this topic. So we'll first discuss the nutrient composition of eggs, then we'll go into some of the science on egg consumption and long-term health outcomes, and then we'll tie it all together to help you make some decisions about your own dietary choices. Before we get into it, I wanna thank you all for tuning in today. I know I've been incredibly inconsistent with this podcast over the last few years, and the truth is, it's just really hard for me to keep up with this because the podcast requires a lot of time and I make no money from it. So what I'm doing from here forward is I've now hired some help with the production of this podcast, and that is gonna help me be more consistent because it takes away some of the time, effort required on my end. However, I'm still not making money from this, and this is costing me money to produce this. Now, I really enjoy podcasts because they allow me to go into more detail about topics and help you understand them better. However, I can't continue to um, pay money to produce this and spend time doing it. So I'm gonna ask you all, if you enjoy this show, and this is something that you really appreciate and you want to see these episodes continue in the future, I'm going to leave some options for supporting the show in the show notes. So if you go to the show notes, there's going to be a few links for options that you can use to help support the show. And that is going to be incredibly helpful for me if you all could help offset some of those costs. I'm also in the future going to consider running some ads. I just want to give you all a heads up. I've never really run ads on my podcast before, but I've also not been consistent with it because of the fact that um, it's it's just not sustainable because it costs a lot of time and it's costing me money now. So I want to make this sustainable so that I can get this information out to you so that I can be consistent with the show. And it would be incredibly helpful if you all could support the show as well. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into the content of the show. So first, let's discuss the nutritional content of eggs. So truly, eggs are a pretty nutrient-dense food. They're high in various phospholipids, proteins, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. One large egg provides 75 calories, six grams of protein, some of them about seven, and 1.5 grams of saturated fat, 211 milligrams of cholesterol. So these are the saturated fat and cholesterol we'll discuss a little bit later. These are some of the potential negative components of eggs. And on the other end of the spectrum, in terms of nutrients, it provides 23% of our daily needs of selenium. It provides 14% of our daily needs of riboflavin, 11% of our daily needs of B12, 10% of our daily needs of phosphorus, and 5 to 10% of our daily needs of vitamin A, folate, B5, and iron. So this is a very nutrient-dense food. Eggs are also a rich source of choline. They are the number one source of choline. They provide 150 milligrams of this nutrient. And choline is incredibly important for cellular maintenance and growth across life stages, particularly among pregnant women. So pregnant women are recommended to supplement with choline and eggs can provide the amount needed with just a few eggs per day. And so this is a very, very important nutrient for various life stages and eggs are a rich source of this, the number one source of choline. So on the surface, eggs are a very nutrient-dense food. However, the effect of a food on health outcomes uh, is more than just the individual components. So you'll see this a lot on social media where individuals will say, this food is high in this, so it's good for this. And yes, that, that sounds like it makes sense. So for example, if you say, You know, beef is high in zinc and zinc is good for immune system. So zinc is good for, or beef is good for the immune system. Beef is a healthy food. We don't look at food in that way when it comes to health. What we have to do is look at the whole food and what happens when individuals consume that food. That's the most important thing. So when you hear people isolate individual nutrients and then assign health benefits to a food based on that individual nutrient. That is not a scientific way to go about it. That is not how we look at nutrition and health outcomes. We don't base how a food impacts health outcomes based on single or a couple of nutrients that that this food has. So in this case, you could say eggs have choline and riboflavin, so they're a really nutritious food and we should eat more of them because these things are needed for these you know outcomes. That sounds like it makes sense, but we really need to look at, like I said, consumption of the whole food. So that's what we're going to do. There's a couple of studies that were published last year, three massive studies that were published last year that we're going to cover, and we'll talk about that th- what those studies showed. So the first study was published, again, 2022. It's 2023, if you're listening to this way later it was titled Egg Consumption and Risk of All Cause and Cause-Specific Mortality. Mortality means death. So all cause is death from any cause. So it's do people who eat eggs die any earlier than individuals who don't. So egg consumption and risk of all cause and cause-specific mortality. And this was a systematic review and dose response meta-analyses of prospective studies. meta analysis means that it's a compilation of studies. So what we do oftentimes in trying to really understand a topic is we'll take studies that have been done from all over the world. And these studies, they're called prospective studies because what they do is they evaluate someone's consumption of a food and then they track them over time. So they'll bring people in, they'll, say, they'll ask them all about their diet, they'll put people in groups based on egg consumption, afterwards basically statistically, and then we track in individuals who eat more eggs do they have better or worse health outcomes than individuals who eat less eggs and as a part of this analysis what these researchers will do is because individuals who eat more eggs might also eat more bacon might also eat more other foods that could negatively impact health potentially and then also outside of diet like individuals who eat more eggs might have lower income they might be more likely to be obese or whatever the case may be the researchers will adjust for all of these, what are called confounding variables. So this is the way that researchers try to isolate the effect of the specific food of interest. So in this case, eggs. So this study included 32 prospective cohort studies. So 32 studies from around the world, large sets of individuals looking at egg consumption over time. And it had 2.2 million participants, like I said, from all over the world, And what they found was that comparing the highest versus lowest egg consumption intake categories found that there was no increased risk of all-cause mortality. There was no increased risk of heart disease, but there was an increased risk of death from cancer. And that risk was about 20% higher among the highest egg consumption group versus the lowest. So individuals who ate the most eggs had a higher risk of death from cancer but they didn't have a higher risk of overall mortality. They didn't have a higher risk of heart disease mortality. It was mainly the risk of increased risk of cancer in this particular study. So again, we're gonna talk about a couple studies because as you'll see, all of these studies don't necessarily come to the same conclusions, and there's various reasons for this, and this is why these topics can be very controversial, and this is why nutrition science can be very difficult because different studies show different outcomes for different reasons. So the second study that we're going to discuss, it was a study that was published in Circulation last year as the Journal of the American Heart Association. It's a very high-impact journal. It's it's something that, you know, it's hard to get published in this particular journal. So studies in this journal typically are of higher quality. This one was published in Circulation. It was titled Associations of Dietary Cholesterol, Serum Cholesterol, and Egg Consumption with Overall and Cause-Specific Mortality very similar type of analysis, except they were specifically looking at cholesterol levels in the diet or dietary cholesterol and eggs as opposed to just eggs. This study included 3.6 participants and reported that egg consumption at an additional 50 grams per day, which is about one large egg, was associated with a 4% higher risk of death from heart disease. But this was only isolated to U.S. studies. So, In the European studies, that risk of death was not significant. It was slightly higher, but not significant. And in Asian studies, it wasn't even higher. So individuals, the higher egg consumption groups in in Asian studies don't show increased risk. And so this is important. We'll discuss this a little bit later, but this is one of the interesting things about different studies is this study isolated various regions and compared them and realized that in some regions, egg consumption seems to be associated with negative health outcomes, whereas in others, that doesn't seem to be the case. So again, we'll discuss this a little bit more later, but just keep that in mind. In this study, there was a slight increased risk of cardiovascular disease, but there wasn't an increased risk of cardiovascular disease among Asian cohorts. And among the European studies, the risk was slightly elevated, but it wasn't statistically significant. Another study that was published last year again, This one was published by MoFrad and colleagues, and it was titled Eggs and Dietary Cholesterol Intake and Risk of All Cause and Cardiovascular and Cancer Mortality. And this was again a systematic review in dose response of prospective cohort studies. This study showed that with intake of an additional one egg per day, there was a 7% higher risk of all cause mortality and a 13% higher risk of cancer mortality but there was no increased risk of cardiovascular disease mortality. And they also found that there was little evidence for any increased risk at half an egg per day, and it was at one egg per day where the increased risk started to show up. So this is another important one, dose-response meta-analysis is what's important in this one is they're looking at smaller egg consumption they were looking at, okay, is half an egg an issue? Is one an egg, one egg a day an issue? And what they found was that at one egg per day, that's when these risks started to show up. So again, this is why this topic can be so challenging is this is showing slightly higher all-cause mortality, slightly higher cancer risk. Another study showed slightly higher cardiovascular disease. And the other study showed not higher cardiovascular disease, but only an increase in cancer risk. So these studies tend to slightly produce different outcomes based on what type of studies they included, what they adjusted for in the analyses, and the dose of egg consumption. So the first study was just comparing highest versus lowest. And in some studies, for example, like in Asian populations, the highest egg consumption is quite low. It's gonna be much less than that one egg per day so when they when they isolate a group with the highest egg consumption, the average egg consumption in Asian populations tends to be low, and this is a reason why sometimes these dose response studies, where they're looking at the effect of they're not comparing highest versus lowest group, but they're looking at the effect of for every one egg, that can produce potentially different outcomes. So we'll talk about that a little bit more after we go through this next study. But the next study I want to discuss, because cancers come up a couple of times, there seems to be a pretty consistent association, positive association. It's not extremely strong, but there seems to be a pretty consistent positive association with cancer risk. And there was another study, this one was published quite a while ago in 2015 in the British Journal of Nutrition. And this study looked at egg consumption and various types of cancer. And what they found was that at a consumption of about five eggs per day, there was an increased risk of breast cancer, and there was also an increased risk of ovarian cancer, in fatal prostate cancer. So the breast cancer risk was only 4% higher in the individuals who consumed five eggs per week. It went up to 9% higher in people who consumed nine or more eggs per week. And for the ovarian cancer, it was 9% higher at, at a five egg per week amount. And then for the fatal prostate cancer, it was 47% higher among egg consumers. Now, this may sound, um, you know, 47% higher, that sounds really scary. However, fatal prostate cancer, the prevalence of it is very small. So a 47% increase in something that's incredibly, you know, the, the prevalence is small. So that could mean one in a thousand versus two in a thousand. And in this specific case about, I think it's about one in eight men may experience prostate cancer in their life. And then in terms of fatal prostate cancer, it's much less. And then the Increase risk is going to be forty-seven percent among those very small amount of individuals who may experience, you know, fatal prostate cancer. So this, you know, sometimes you'll see statistics presented in in this way where you'll see, you know, this is associated with fifty percent higher risk of this health outcome, but that health outcome is the prevalence of that health outcome is very low. So that's why oftentimes when you hear me talk about research, you'll typically hear me mainly talk about all cause mortality total cancers sometimes we'll break up individual cancers a little bit but when you get into very specific types of cancer where prevalence rates are are lower and then we're talking about you know increased risk of 40% sounds really scary but it's a lot less scary when we think about it in the context of if your lifetime risk of of a specific cancer is 1% and you have a 30% increased risk or a specific behavior is associated with a 30% increased risk of that cancer, then that means you went from 1% to 1.3% in terms of lifetime risk. So there's what's called relative risk, which is that 30% or the 47% that I just discussed. That can seem scarier uh, than it actually is. And then when we look at what's called absolute risk, it's taking that relative risk applying it to the prevalence of that specific outcome and then looking at what is the true increase in your risk of this specific condition over the course of your lifetime so this this is a way that sometimes the statistics can be presented in a way that just sounds scarier than it is i've discussed this on my social media a few times as well but this is something that i want you to pay attention to because sometimes you know, when it's, a, when it's heart disease, when it's cancer, when it's diabetes, when it's all-cause mortality, these are gonna happen, like no one, no one doesn't die. That's 100% of individuals. So if there's a 2% difference and everyone dies, and you see a 2% difference in mortality, and there's 100% chance you're gonna die at some point, that makes a difference. Whereas if there's a 30% increased risk of something that you have one in 100 chance of occurring in your lifetime, completely different story. So again, that's why you'll mostly hear me talk about, cause heart disease, cancer, mortality, respiratory diseases, these are like the primary outcomes that tend to be the primary causes of death and the things that we wanna focus more on in terms of long-term health outcomes and looking at the bigger picture. Cause if we isolate, and this is, this is just isolating, as I mentioned earlier with isolating nutrients, but isolating specific health outcomes, can also make things just sound very scary so let's talk about this so there's an increased risk of cancer this is this is pretty well established if you eat one or more eggs per day there's a slight increased risk of cancer this is consistent across studies the amount of increase can vary across studies but somewhere between five to 15 20 percent at the very most i don't think that the The twenty percent is on the very high end. Most studies are in that five to ten percent range, maybe a little bit less than that four to ten percent range, but it's consistent and so when we see these consistent associations, we know there's something there with the heart disease, those studies are more inconsistent. Some studies show increased risk, some don't, and with mortality, it's consistently a very small increase, so <laughs> consistently about. Two 4% increase with like one egg per day. So there seems to be an increased risk of cancer. There potentially might be an increased risk of heart disease. And there is probably a very, very small impact on mortality, probably mostly driven by the increased risk of cancer. So why is this the case? Because I mentioned earlier, eggs are a nutritious food, but eggs do come with a few things that may potentially exacerbate some of these health issues. So number one, cholesterol in general is not something that raises blood cholesterol so dietary cholesterol if we eat more cholesterol eggs are a very high source of cholesterol but we have recognized over the years that when we eat more cholesterol on average individuals don't tend to experience increases in blood cholesterol so if we take a couple hundred people we they they feed them a little bit more cholesterol that doesn't necessarily increase ldl cholesterol however it will in some individuals So there are individuals who would be considered hyper-absorbers of cholesterol. And so when those individuals, let's say you're eating two eggs per day, 400 milligrams of cholesterol, they're absorbing a lot of that cholesterol, their liver. So normally our liver produces cholesterol and will absorb what it needs to meet our body's needs. Like there's a down regulation of cholesterol production when you eat more cholesterol. So you eat two eggs, your liver just produces a little bit less cholesterol. It offsets some of that increased cholesterol consumption. However, there are individuals who don't have that downregulation and absorb that cholesterol and that can increase blood cholesterol. Another potential factor is the saturated fat content. There's not a lot of saturated fat, but if you're eating a couple of eggs per day, you're going to be getting some saturated fat from eggs, you know, three grams per day. And that in the context of a diet that's already rich in saturated fat may be something that causes that saturated fat level to go to further increase, which could have a negative effect on blood cholesterol levels and other factors as well. Because high saturated fat consumption can also negatively impact insulin sensitivity, can drive inflammatory markers and things like that. Saturated fat, it's not that if we eat any, it's harmful. It's if we eat above a certain threshold, that starts to elevate LDL cholesterol, that starts to have negative effects on insulin sensitivity and other factors as well. So, this is another reason, and this is why I think that the American populations tend to show worse outcomes with egg consumption, is because we're looking at a baseline diet that is higher in saturated fat. And also, individuals who are metabolically compromised are already more likely to be metabolically compromised in Asian populations where that additional increase in saturated fat and cholesterol is having a deleterious effect. So, This is, you know, two of the potential explanations. The other one is choline. So choline can get converted into what is called TMAO. And TMAO is an independent marker for heart disease. And it's also, the choline specifically is upregulated. So choline consumption is upregulated in cancer cells and consumption of eggs is thought to provide some of the additional choline that these cancer cells might potentially need in order to thrive. So these are some of the potential explanations. So the higher cholesterol level that can lead to elevated LDL cholesterol. And this is well-documented. There was a study published in 2020. This was a meta-analysis. This is a different type of study. So this one was published in the Journal of Food Biochemistry. And in this study they fed, so they looked at the studies where people were fed eggs. So there's, as I mentioned earlier, the prospective studies where we look at people eating eggs over a long period of time. um, But we also have what are called randomized controlled trials where we feed people eggs and we feed one group eggs, we feed another group egg substitute that doesn't have the cholesterol and saturated fat and choline. And then we compare the two groups and look at those outcomes. And what that study showed was that one egg per day increases LDL cholesterol. And again, this is gonna vary between person to person. I haven't, we'll discuss this in another episode. We'll talk about saturated fat and in response to saturated fat, but some individuals, when they eat more saturated fat and cholesterol, their cholesterol will go up. Doesn't happen in everyone. But in those individuals who's, who are eating more saturated fat and cholesterol and then through the eggs, and it's driving their LDL cholesterol up, those are probably the individuals who are most susceptible to the negative effects of higher egg consumption. So those are some of the mechanisms that we think may be responsible for some of these slight increases in risk in cancer, potentially heart disease, potentially mortality, is the cholesterol, the saturated fat, and potentially the choline, and the effect that that can have on various health outcomes as well. Because I mentioned choline gets converted to TMAO, which is an independent risk factor for heart disease, and then also the choline itself can potentially Assist with cancer proliferation. So let's tie it together with some practical recommendations. First off, I would not really change anything about your diet immediately. I would stick with what you're doing now and get your LDL cholesterol tested. If you have an elevated LDL cholesterol level and you're currently consuming eggs, it may be a wise strategy to reduce your consumption of eggs. Let's say, for example, you're having two or three eggs for breakfast every day and your cholesterol is elevated. That you may benefit from replacing those eggs on most days with other options, like a yogurt parfait or a smoothie or maybe oatmeal or something like that. That replacement will likely have a positive impact on your LDL cholesterol and on long-term health. So if you're in that boat, if you're currently eating eggs, your cholesterol level's high, may be wise to reduce your consumption and replace that with something else. If you're currently eating eggs and your cholesterol level is perfect. I probably wouldn't really worry about it. If you're not eating eggs and you are perfectly fine, not really eating eggs or eating, you know, very small amounts of eggs, cholesterol level's fine, wouldn't really worry about it eating more. For any specific reason, you can get the nutrients from eggs through other foods, except there's one exception here. The only group of individuals who I would actually encourage to consume eggs if you're not are pregnant women because of the choline. But outside of that, like if you're someone who just doesn't necessarily enjoy eggs or it's just not a part of your diet right now, it's not something that I would purposefully add more of in your diet. And if you are consuming them, I would recommend consuming less than that one egg per day threshold where there seems to be some increased risk in these various health outcomes. Now, as I mentioned earlier, if you're already consuming a couple eggs per day, and you have no elevated LDL risk, your L- LDL optimal, and, and there's no issues there, I, I wouldn't really worry about reducing consumption. Now, there may still be some risk associated with the choline consumption and things like that, but you're not experiencing the elevation in LDL cholesterol that could be driving some of this risk as well. So you're probably protected from some of this just based on genetics, based on your baseline metabolism, based on The overall composition of your diet and if you're not consuming a lot of saturated fat and cholesterol overall and eggs are one of your only sources it's probably not going to have a major impact so that's where i say i wouldn't worry too much about changing up your dietary choices unless you really want to and if you're eating eggs you know currently in moderation you're you know maybe eating around that under that one egg per day mark and and your ldl cholesterol is elevated it may be worthwhile to see what might happen if you completely eliminated them on that same token if you're eating eggs in that moderate level and you have no issues with your ldl cholesterol i would stick with what you're currently doing i don't want to scare anyone from consuming eggs because as i mentioned earlier they can be rich in various nutrients and as a part of an overall healthy dietary pattern i wouldn't necessarily be incredibly concerned about them Um, my only concern is if you're eating high amounts You have high LDL cholesterol, metabolic dysfunction, type 2 diabetes. There seems to be an increased risk of heart disease among individuals with type 2 diabetes who consume more eggs. Those are the cases where I would reduce consumption for pretty much everyone else. If you don't have elevated LDL cholesterol, if you're not type 2 diabetic or you don't have these metabolic health issues and you're currently consuming, you know, eggs in moderation, I wouldn't worry about increasing or decreasing. And then for pregnant women, I would probably recommend trying to get in about an egg per day or, or getting in a decent amount of eggs during your pregnancy so that you can support your baby's growth and development with that choline level. Now you can also supplement with choline and get that same amount you know, through supplementation, but eggs are a very simple way to do that. And you can truly just eat you know, one or two eggs per day and get a decent amount of choline to help support those needs. So in summary, Eggs are a very nutritious food overall, however, they have been associated with slightly higher risk of cancer, potentially slightly higher risk of heart disease among US populations for the reasons I discussed earlier, and then also potentially slightly higher risk of mortality if you're consuming about one or more eggs per day. If you're consuming a lot of eggs currently, you have high LDL cholesterol, it may be wise to reduce your egg consumption If your LDL cholesterol is in a great range, you're consuming eggs in moderation, I wouldn't worry about completely eliminating them. And if you're pregnant and you're growing a baby, it may be helpful to add in about one egg per day to support your body's choline needs. So that's all I have for this episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. Just a reminder, if you wanna support the show, head over to the show notes. We'll have some links available there. I really appreciate you all tuning in to this episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I hope you have a great day and we'll talk soon.